in, in as a church and what we're modeling ourselves after is uh, this verse that Jesus said in John 13. He, he said this to his followers. He says, a new command I give you. This is, this is a new command. Now, Jesus, like I said, came in the most religious time uh, on, on planet Earth. And it is so religious that the, just the Jewish religion, Judaism at that time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who were the religious leaders of the church of the day, they, they, they took the Ten Commandments and added a few to them. And in fact, when Jesus came along, there were 612 commandments that, that people had to live by and obey in order to be accepted by God. And, and by the way, you know what religion is? Religion is man's attempt to control another one. That's why Jesus was disgusted. Jesus was disgusted with it. You should, if you don't think he was, I mean, just read Matthew 24. Um, he had a few opinions. And, and he basically lived his whole life on this. But he was disgusted by the fact that, that, that somebody, that human beings would, would use God's name to control and manipulate somebody else. And he found that disgusting. That's why he said, you know, is it wearing you out? Are you tired of that? He says, come away with me. And, and he says, a new command I give you. And when he said that, the 612 commands, I think some of the Jewish people listening would have gone, 613, are you serious? Another one? But Jesus wasn't saying that. You know what Jesus was saying? He was saying, no, no, abolish all 612. Follow this one. Just this one. And he says, a new command I give you, love one another. And it's surprising because Jesus didn't say, a new command I give you, love God. That would have made sense. Especially as, you know, as religious leaders, love God. We can, you know, figure out the rest. Just love God. He says, no, no, no. love one another. Which, which you look at that and going, okay, well, yeah, okay, we can do that. You know, love you, bro. This, it's good, right? Like, it's, it's, all, it's all good. And then he says, but no, he says, love one another as I have loved you. And to all of his followers listening to this, especially the disciples listening to this, they would have went, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. That's, that's a whole nother level of love. Because Jesus lived and operated and loved at a completely different level than anybody else. In fact, in Jesus' time, when he walked the planet, there was great separation as well. Jews didn't hang out with Gentiles. And tax collectors didn't even hang out with sinners. They had a separate category. There was a sinner, and then there's lower, lower, lower tax collector. Like, there was, there was like it, was, it makes sense. But anyway. Um, but they had all these different types of, you know, Samaritans and, and Jews. And they had, you know, they were outcast. And they had all these different types of, of, of categories. And Jesus came along. And he, he seamlessly kind of walked between all of the categories and loved all in, in all of the categories. And then he says, love one another as I have loved you. And how he loved them is that he invited, did you know he invited tax collectors, the lowest of the low, to, be, to walk with him, to be part of his disciples, to be, and just by inviting Matthew, a tax collector, to walk with him, that was a stain on Jesus' reputation. But Jesus wasn't, uh, wasn't concerned about his reputation as much as he was about loving all. And when Jesus associated with Matthew and, and they all looked down at him, that you know, everybody else looked down at him and said, as a rabbi, you shouldn't hang out with. Jesus kind of doubled down on his rebellion. Is that okay to say? And he says, hey, Matthew, let's really tick the religious off. This is Kelly's interpretation. Let's invite all your friends. I mean, your friends, Matthew, all your friends. Let's have a party at your house tonight. It's Matthew chapter 9, and it, it happened. So Matthew invites all of his friends, who are all of the outcasts, 
the ones that don't belong, and they had a party at Matthew's house, and all the religious stood outside because they dare not go inside and rub shoulders with those people. And, and they stood outside and pointed fingers at Jesus and said, you know, he shouldn't be hanging out with those people. And Matthew was shocked that Jesus would associate with him and was even more shocked that he would be comfortable to hang out with his friends and probably even more shocked that his friends were comfortable to hang out with a rabbi. And I look at how Jesus did things and walked and moved. And when, when a prostitute walks in and then breaks perfume and spills it all over the feet of Jesus, I mean, uncomfortable, awkward situation, inappropriate, and yet Jesus wasn't concerned about his own reputation and what that made him look like. He was concerned about her. And when Jesus' own disciples said, this ain't right, Jesus rebuked them. And when, so when, this is, the, this is the type of Jesus that said, love one another as I have loved you, Peter, when you said stupid stuff, really stupid stuff. And I still befriended you and loved on you and love one another as I have loved. And this is the new command. Now, so when, when they said that, when Jesus said that, his disciples studied this out and said, this is not easy. And in fact, what we'll see in a moment is we'll see that the entire early church, if you, if you read through the New Testament and you read Paul's letters to, to some of the, the churches and you read Peter's letters and you read John, you know, Jesus' disciples' letters and you read James, the brother of Jesus' letters, and you read all of these letters, this is the most important thing that they stressed over and over and over and over again, is they told the church, in fact, John, Jesus' disciple, who wrote this in John 13, but he wrote in 1 John, he says, if you don't love your brother or your sister, you cannot love God. I mean, that's how serious, I mean, you look at that and going, well, wait a second, God I can like. I mean, God, God is God. I mean, he's, people are stupid. I, I, I can love God, but I, I mean, I don't have to put up with people. And John's like, no, you got it backwards. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. John says, love others or you can't love. In other words, your horizontal relationships is going to directly affect your vertical relationship. Now listen, the reason why I park on this is because this is what our attempt is as parallel church and saying, we got to realign with this command as a church. Because if we as a church got this, the reputation of the big C church would be different. Wouldn't it? It wouldn't be in the negative connotation. Like we're not, as Christians, we haven't lived, I'm not putting me in this category, I haven't lived as, uh, as much to this as I should have, and I haven't lived as separate from, and I've kind of slotted into the same categories and categorized people and, and felt comfortable with certain crowds and uncomfortable with other crowds and, and hanging out and it, you know, all the rest of what, what might, whatever it might be and have done the same thing as what society does because this is so countercultural. Yet if the church chose to love all, everything would 
everything would be different. And Jesus knew that. That's why he said it. So as Parallel Church, we have a banner in our, our lobbies. We, we're going to put it up here with some of the core values that we're going to live by as Parallel Church and saying, you know, the first core value that we talked about last week is love all. That we're going to just love, and all is a big word. Yes, even those people, the ones that just went through your mind, like even them, yes, even, even them. What if? You know how we love even them as we realize we're imperfect. We're imperfect too. And we do stupid things and we say stupid things and we're imperfect too. And those in our community, we're going to acknowledge them so yet they're imperfect too. But we're dedicated anyways to love all. And this means that we'll get involved in people's lives no matter how messy. And this means that we believe that everyone matters to God whether God matters to them or not. It means that love has no contingencies. It means that perfection isn't required to be accepted. And it means that we'll align even if we don't agree. Because we believe in relationships, not religion. Okay, that's a good time to say amen right there. Come on. We believe in relationships, not religion. Now, Paul was, uh, you know, the, the Apostle Paul, he grew up in religion. He was being trained to be a Pharisee, one of the top Pharisees. And when Jesus interrupted his life in a major way on the road to Damascus as he was about to kill Christians because they were making him look bad. So, so Jesus interrupted on the way. Uh, and, and he had this radical change. And, and then in that radical change, you can see that radical change in this perspective of relationship, not religion, this whole perspective of loving all. You can see that in, in Paul's writings everywhere. In fact, in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, Paul wrote this. And this is, this is amazing because we read this all the time. And you and I, you know, we go in the Bible, read these things, and we don't really grasp the power of what, what is being said. But look at this. Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 4, he says, you were called to travel on the same road and in the same direction, so stay together both outwardly and inwardly. Now, we can, we can read that and go, yeah, okay, we're called to the same road, same direction. He's talking about uniformity. But no, listen, he's not. He's talking about unity. He's talking about something different. Uniformity is where I can travel along, along the same road if, if you agree with me and, and you, you know, dress like me and you talk like me and you look like me and you vote like me. Huh? Then we can walk along the same road and along the same path and in the same direction. We, yeah, absolutely, I can do that. But look at, there's, there's a key word in this because this is what Paul said. Paul said you were called. In other words, Unity, not uniformity, unity was of the utmost importance to the early church to such a degree that Paul calls it a calling. Now, when we talk about callings, we talk about, we usually talk about our individual callings, that this is my calling, this is my destiny, this is my gift set, this is all that. And yet Paul says here that unity, walking in the same road, is a calling of us all. That's a calling. Whoa. And then I love the fact that it says in the message Bible, both outwardly and inwardly. That's important. 
Because he's not saying walk alongside just outwardly so you can please Pastor Kelly and be a part of Parallel Church. No, he says, he says you got to do it with, just, with all of your meaning, too. That means that this is what integrity means, both outwardly and inwardly. It, integrity simply means that what is reflected on the outside, your actions on the outside, reflects on what you really think on the inside. Because don't we, we're, we're really good, aren't we, as human beings, on, on masking and putting on faces, especially in church. Come on, if you've been in church any length of time, we, we, have, we can fight and scrap with our spouses all the way to church and yell and scream and kids, and then we get to the church parking lot and we open the door. Good morning. How are you doing? Great. We're great at the mask. Nobody, nobody? I'm not talking to nobody. Come on, we're great at the outwardly. Like we, we're just, this is church now. We got to, like we, we say to our kids, you know, we're church now. You got to behave. Because that's what's expected of you. Come on, fooey on that. Start with an F. And, anyway. <laughs> huh? Come on. Man, I grew up in that crap. Yes, I said that. <laughs> Anybody else grow up with the ear twist? If you're wiggling just a little bit too much, I'm surprised my ears are sterile on. Like, I mean, but, I mean, you grow up this because this is how you behave in church. And then you wonder why I grew up hating it. Because it's it was tiring, exhausting. It was, it was, I mean, no fun at all the rest of it. And, and Paul, says, Paul says this, listen, he says, stay in unity, stay on the same road, not just outwardly so that you'll fit in, but inwardly. He's, say, he's talking about something else. Then he says this, he's like, okay, well, <laughs> on the same road in the same direction. Well, that's great because we all agree, but he says, okay, this is how you do this, this is your points of agreement. You vote the same, you, you, you look the same, you dress the same. By the way, how I'm dressed right now, I would never been allowed in my church growing up. But anyway. <laughs> and I, I, I was even told, like, I had my hair would cut, touch my collar or something like that. And then, and then you know, you, you, know you, you can't do that. And I would still be wearing a mullet if my wife would let me. <laughs> Come on, it's back. Let's go, baby. I'm dressed as, um, as close to the 80s as I, I man, this is, yeah, let's go. It's good. This is what, no, Paul didn't say any lining, just uniformity. Look at, he says, this is our points of agreement. He says, you have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you do and think is permeated, and you do, is, is permeated with oneness. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. He says one master. In other words, he says our points of agreement is if you believe Jesus is king, we can agree. And this, we can walk the same road. You believe Jesus is king? So listen, let, let me put that in perspective. We're not, as Parallel Church, we're going to come alongside churches. We're not going to compete with other churches and say we're better than them. All the rest of it, that's, that, that's got to get, we got to get out of that, our, our language, uh, uh, gone, gone. If Jesus is king, we can walk with other, alongside other churches. And we are. By the way, 
just just fun fact, by the way, um, Shop of Wonders, My City Care Shop of Wonders, as of this week, is going to be operating in nine different cities. Which is so cool, because we've just added, we've got five campuses, that's our five cities, and then we just added four more cities. And guess what? We don't have churches in those four cities, so guess what we're doing? We're, we're, we're working alongside churches in each one of those communities. Come on. Because we can walk alongside one master, one faith, one baptism. I, I, this whole thing, the one baptism, let me just point this out. What, what's he talking about? See, baptism, doesn't matter what you've been taught or what religions teach. Baptism isn't baptism into a church or into a denomination or into a religion. Baptism is baptism into a relationship with Jesus. This, and he explains it in Romans chapter 6, what, what baptism into Jesus is. It's different than being baptized into a certain church or into a certain religion. He says, no, no, there's one baptism, and that's the baptism into Jesus, by the way. That's relationship with Jesus. Okay, who rules over all, works through all, is present. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with rightness. No. He says with oneness. Then he says, but that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Man, I'm glad he clarified that. Aren't you? In fact, this is what the early church did so well that this was written. I just I read recently a history book on, on some of the, the letters back and forth of Roman officials back and forth about the church. And one of the things said about the early church is that they said it's so frustrating because we don't know who's Christian and who's not because they dress like us, they act like us, they work with us, they live with us. We don't know. We, don't, we, we can't really tell because we, just by eyesight we can't tell until you start to see that they act a little bit different because they love all. And you know how one of the distinguishing factors, by the way, ladies, you know what distinguishes the early church and Christians from the beginning? And this is, this is what makes Christianity so different, Jesus' style Christianity so different, is, is one way that the early church was recognized as different is how women were treated. Because the norm of society in that day was that women were lower class. Wives and daughters, like lower class. And Christians would walk beside their wives with, instead of having, leaving their wife at home or, or having their wife walk far behind in submission to her husband in that kind of thing, Christians would, do, would treat women different. Come on. He doesn't say, that doesn't mean we should all look and act and speak the same. And Christians, they, they couldn't tell because they, they weren't like all the other religions who dressed a certain way. You can tell certain religions by the way they dress. Even today, you can see by, by how they dress. And they couldn't tell. They, could, they said, it doesn't mean we're supposed to all be uniform, like uniformity. He says, no, no, no. It, it, I'm talking about unity. Out of the generosity of Christ, each one of you has been given your own gift. In other words, you're not supposed to be uniform. You're supposed to be in unity. Then he says this, God wants us to grow up. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Paul. To know the whole truth. There's the rightness, there's the truth. It's about the truth. Then he says, no, no, know the whole truth and tell it in love. And then it's like, in case you want to put it, you know, I'm speaking in love. No, no, he says, tell it in love like Christ would. To Matthew, to Zacchaeus 
to Nicodemus, to the, to the prostitute, to, like, to the adulterous woman. Tell, tell, tell the truth in that, like, that way. Okay, that's, that's different. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His, he keeps us in step with each other. He keeps us in step with each other because Lord knows we need his help. I need his help. Come on, this is not natural. And as a church, listen, how are we going to stay with this? We're going to rely on the Holy Spirit. This is why, this is why it's amazing. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, it, I, I had a conversation this week with with a pastor that we have aligned with my city care with, pastor of another church. And I called him this week. And the reason why I called him is because he was given a building for my city care. Come on. And he, this is what he says to me. He says, it's amazing. He says, you align with God's will and all of a sudden God opens doors that I've never expected. I, I didn't know. And he says, the weird thing is, is he spent three hours walking the streets looking for a, a space to hold Shop of Wonders and just and looking for a space that he could rent. And he walked the street for three hours and his wife called him up and says, I think you're supposed to come home because I think God's going to open the door for us. And he's like, <laughs> Okay. He says, the next morning, God called him and says, hey, I want you to come look at this, this property, all the rest of it. I, we want to gift it to you, not just for Shop of Wonders once, but for my city care. And he calls me up and he goes, man, when, you, when, when God helps, huh? When we launch. Yeah. That's only one of two buildings we've been given this week. Anyway, I'm telling you for my city care. I'm telling you, like, come on. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up and be right. No, so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. Look at what, he, look what Paul's saying. He says how you tell a mature church and how you tell a healthy church and how you tell, tell a mature Christian and how you tell a healthy Christian is not by how much theology they know and how right they are. You know how you tell a, a mature Christian is they're robust in love. How do you tell a healthy church is that it is robust in love. Wow. And look at, this is, this is amazing. Man, if we were known for that as the big C church, like I'm telling you, the reputation of the church would be different. And so that's what I'm saying is parallel church. We're rebranding, we're doing this because this is what our focus is gonna be. We're gonna love like Jesus loved. We're gonna love all. We're gonna be robust in love. This is, this is what we have to do. This is what we, this, we have no choice. Because Jesus is the hope of the world. Come on. And what the world needs most right now is love. Like real, outwardly, inwardly, love. And you know what happened? The early church, watch this, the early church, Paul, you know, Peter launches in Acts chapter 2. Peter preaches a message. 3,000 people get added, and the church started big, by the way, which I like. And boom, the church starts. And right after this whole miracle happens, this is what's written about the early church. This is what they said. They said this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And what was the apostles' teaching? We just read what, what Paul taught about love. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship 
which is, you know, hanging out, getting together, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And the breaking of bread, this is not just talking about communion. This is talking about every time they got together, they would eat and they'd have meals together. And it was just a regular part of the practice of the early church. To breaking of bread and to prayer, they would regularly pray. And then it says, everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. All of the believers were together. All of the believers were together and had everything in common. Wow, crazy. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. This is how together they were, is that if somebody had, had a loss or experienced a job loss or experienced something like this, somebody would say, I don't need this, this thing anymore. You know, I, I know that these clothes or this piece of furniture, I'm going to sell that and I will give what I can from that to, to you in need. And that it got to the place where there was no need among them. It says in Acts chapter 4, two chapters later, no need among them. Wow. This is, I mean, talk about together. And they said, and every day they continued to meet together. Okay, that's a lot of church, you know, in, in temple courts. And then they said this, they broke bread in their houses. This is, again, they did a lot of and eating. <laughs> Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, this is some of this stuff is the reason why you've noticed that we've got food after every service. Come on, we got to do a whole lot more partying. I'm just saying. Come on. <laughs> they broke bread in their houses and ate together with gladness and sincere hearts. That's, that's Bible speak for they actually had fun. <laughs> like, imagine church, fun, same sentence. <gasps> what? Yes. People didn't risk their lives to join boring, dull religion. Look at the result. Enjoying the favor of all the people. All the people. Can't say that about church today. Something's got to change. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In a time of great persecution, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is a description of the early church practices. Notice how many times it says oneness. It says fellowship together, 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 together. And the result is they enjoyed favor with all the people and daily people are getting saved. Listen, this is, this is what, I'll, I'll wrap this up with this. Listen, our second value as a church, we're going to love all, but our second value is community. And what I mean by that is we, we got we to gotta up our game as far as food. That's what I read. <laughs> we got to up our game as far as, as hanging out and, and, and community and enjoying one another and gladness and sincerity of heart. Up our party game a little bit. Come on. And because we got to build safe and lasting communities of individuals on a parallel journey. Because this is, this is what I see everywhere in, in the early churches, that they walked alongside one another with gladness. And the reason why, one of the major reasons why everyone wanted to be a part of the early church, even though that being a Christian in those days meant you were going to be persecuted and po po you know, lose your jobs and possibly be put to death and arrested and all these things. If, if, the reason why people flocked to this is because there's such strong community and it flew in the face of everything else. And they were like, I want to be a part of that. And the reason why I feel like now is for such a time as this, that parallel church, that we need to, we need to come alongside, we need to build more community is because in the last two and a half years, or, you know, and, 
or two years, whatever it's been, two and a half years now, that we've been through this whole COVID thing, there's one of the things that I've, I've noticed, and this is, this is the spiritual attack, and COVID is, I'm not saying COVID is a spiritual attack, but I'm saying the thing that the devil has used in this whole thing is this idea of quarantining and isolating and separating people from one another, that human beings were not meant to be isolated. Human beings were not meant to be separated. And the fact is, is that the result of all this quarantining and isolating, and yes, I'm all for protecting and keeping people healthy and safe, but we were not meant to isolate. And the, the result of all that has been a whole lot of mental health issues and a whole lot of problems because human beings weren't meant to be that way. When, when, God, when God created Adam, he walked daily in the garden with Adam. Daily God walked with Adam. You can't get closer to God than that. And yet, in that kind of relationship, he says it's not good for Adam to be alone. That me and Jesus is all I need. Not according to God. We need one another. <laughs> and so in the midst of all of this stuff, all that's going on, societies, all the rest of it, in the midst of all this, we got to press into this a whole lot more. And press into community. And in relationships. And, and building of relationships. Because listen, here's today's takeaway. Because we're not perfect, and we may not always agree, but we are perfectly aligned, dedicated to creating safe places for people to come together, building relationships that last. Come on, we're, we're, we're dedicated to creating safe places. So listen, listen, listen this is what we're going to do. You know, you've heard of us talk about uh, connect groups. And, and as My Victory Church, we did connect groups. But as Parallel Church, we're kind of we're changing it up a little bit. Surprise, surprise. Um, but connect groups, when we talked about connect groups, it, you know, the whole idea with connect groups is to get people to connect. But it still, it still was kind of treated like a Bible study where there's an expectation. We want you to read, you know, this and this scripture and do this kind of thing and then, and then pray. And then and there's kind of still, you know, something to get together. So we're going to scrap all that. Is that okay? We're going to scrap all that. And what we're going to do instead is we're going to do house parties. What is a house party? Food. What do we do? Hang out, laugh, eat. Come on. We got a lot of Traegers around here. House parties are right there. Like, come on. Brisket, let's go. Okay, come on. No, like, listen, listen. What we want to do is we want you guys to say, hey, we're going to create house parties. And this creates, and all we want you to do is hang out. That's it. Find people that are on the same parallel journey as you, that Jesus is king, and hang out. And, and what's, the, what's the agenda for all of you Enneagram ones? Well, I need to know. What's the agenda? Nothing. Hang out. Hang out. And here's what I know is going to happen is, is if you hang out, you laugh. And, and it's awkward at first when you don't know somebody, so have food. It's always it's good. And you get to know one another. This is what I know, is that when you get to know one another and you authentically enjoy one another, when somebody has a need, you're going to notice it. And you're going to stop everything in the hangout and saying, can, can we pray with you? And when somebody's sick, who are you gonna call? You're gonna call, you're gonna call your 
your, your friends, your, your families, those whom you love, and you're going to say, hey, you know, my wife's in the hospital, and I don't know, could you, we need, I need help. And we're going to come alongside and provide meals or babysitting or whatever it might be. And, and you're going to do that with people you love and all the rest of it. And the ministry, we're going, well, when's the ministry going to happen? The ministry is going to happen as there's need. And it's not going to be forced. It's just going to be authentic, inwardly and outwardly. And what we want to do is we want to create house parties and just say, we got, we got sign-ups that are going to be out on the patio, which is where the food is, by the way. Go that way. Uh, I think they got hot dogs and chili dogs and all the rest of it. it anyways, it's good. Um, but, I mean, you're going to want to you're gonna want to go out there. And if you're not, if you don't have anyone to hang out with, just sign up, and our pastors will connect you with somebody along, you know, same age, same demographic, whatever it might be, and go, hey, someone we think you connect with, and we can connect, and we can, we can create relationships. And that's all. That's it. Just hang out. And, and I know some of you are thinking, well, you know, COVID, we're not supposed to gather in houses. Yeah, I know. So that's okay. And in these, in these times, we understand that there's some restrictions and all the rest of it. Be safe. That's creating safe. Be safe. So guess what? A house party can be a walk. It can be a hike. It can be a motorcycle ride. Yeah, amen, amen. Come on. Before it snows, today's a great day. Right? I mean, it can be, it can be all the, I mean, it can be whatever. Just hang out. Be safe. Hang out. But let's not, this is what the writer of Hebrews says. Don't forsake the gathering. Even the ten, Don't forsake the gathering together. And pastors have always used that scripture to say, you know, don't forsake going to church. But there's a lot more. This is what I've learned through COVID. There's a lot more that happens in church than what happens from this platform on Sunday morning. And we're, we are parallel church. That means that 24-7, we can gather together daily and hang out. And do you notice that they said three times in there there was food? Just saying. It's okay. We build community, authentic community. We are parallel church. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that God, I, even though we make it complicated, you don't. And we thank you that even though we mess it up and are imperfect, you're not. That you promise that you'll help us in this and that you are helping us in this. Lord, we thank you so much. For, for that, Lord, and I pray that you'd help each one of us to love all and help us to build authentic relationships, community, friendships, lasting friendships, last a lifetime in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you don't yet Paul have... says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead, you will be saved. So I want to run through a prayer with you that does just that. Uh, so if you close your eyes, bow your heads, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you now to become my Lord become my savior to become my friend I thank you that my past is past and that I can begin anew with you today my heart is yours in Jesus name 
amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, first off, congratulations on an amazing decision. Uh, second off, you will find in the comment section, there should be a link uh, posted in there. Fill that out. We'd love to celebrate with you. We'd love to send you a Bible get you set up uh, and yeah just uh, congratulate you on an amazing decision today.